Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Dragons have lived within mythological stories for centuries. They have appeared in India, Europe, and the Americas. But the most commonly related version of the dragon exists within the pages of the Holy Bible. The only question that lingers regarding these enormous beasts is whether the stories are true, figurative, or simply a creature made up by one's mind for the simple pleasure of entertainment. Now Parachute presents The Lore of the Dragon. How's it going, Para fans? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we are here once again on PTRN, Paratruth Radio Network. How you doing today there, my good co-host? I am doing just fine and dandy. Been an interesting week thus far. <laughs> Looking forward to... To next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as uh, we got started here, Eric has got his composer ready to roll for his movie, so it is quickly approaching. It's kind of amazing to see that, that it is already approaching. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple months out. Yeah, so it's coming together. Good. All right, so tonight, folks, we have a very interesting topic for you guys. Tonight, we are going to be discussing dragons. Uh, one of my all-time favorite creatures, mythological creatures. Uh, Eric knows this, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, just to get into it, you know, uh, dragons have been around for as long as there has been written history. Uh you know, there's there's different characters who have fought the dragons. Uh, Michael is one. The archangel Michael is one that is described as fighting the dragon, which is Satan. Uh, the Saint George is another character that fights a dragon. Uh, doesn't necessarily reference Satan in in the story of Saint George, uh, but uh, a lot of different cultures. Uh, have described these creatures um from when you're doing your research um is there differences in any of the research that you found that dragons are in the different cultures oh yeah absolutely oh first and foremost dragons are found all over the world you know in writings uh, obviously there's been no bones Right. Or skeletons that have been found for dragons. Not saying they haven't really existed at some point, but as far as we know today, they're just mythological stories. Um, however, when you look through the cultures, and I'm talking about India, China, Europe, the Americas, the way the dragon looks and the way it acts and reacts is completely different throughout each culture. Uh, dragons in Chinese, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're usually uh, associated as good luck and a, a uh, protector of the people there. And often they have this, just by look, they have this weird serpent-like, uh, I guess, shape to them, right. body-wise. Uh, they're very elongated. They have, their heads are constantly different. You know, we see that some of them with horns, we see some of them with the, these tentacle type things on their head, uh, you know, stuff like that. And there's, depending on the story, sometimes they don't 
breathe fire or anything like that. Other times they do breathe, breathe fire. Sometimes they spew water. You know, sometimes they're considered a water dragon or a fire dragon or earth dragon. Right. You know, depending on where you're at. Uh, same thing goes along with India and Europe. It's very interesting because Europe and the Americas are probably the two places in which uh, dragons have been considered more of an evil thing as opposed to a representation of good. Uh, in particular, uh, Europe in the medieval times really uh, had this this fear of dragons, especially when related to the scriptures, because Christianity was so strong back then and had a powerful impact on the people of the medieval times, uh, in which the scripture told us that, and still tells us that Satan is represented as a dragon, uh, or a dragon represent, represents Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this you know, unique evil to the dragon. And so when medieval medieval times came around, uh, you know, people were really outstretched for what was good and what was bad. And it was usually like people see in the stories, you know, you think of uh, uh, the stories of uh, King Arthur, you know, Mm -hmm. and the Knights of the Round Table and stuff. Dragons have pretty much always been a bad thing, minus one or two versions of the dragon in the stories, you know. Um, but we always see people with giant shields trying to slay the dragon. So dragons are considered an evil thing. They would come in, according to the story, and just burn down entire uh, cities and villages and whatnot. Mm. In the Americas... And this goes along with uh, the European ones, too. The shape of the dragon changes quite a bit. We no longer have the serpent style, but we have more of a uh, a giant lizard or some would represent, you know, equal it to a dinosaur of some sort, whether that be kind of like a T-Rex, only larger arms. Uh, some will see them as just two-legged. Some will consider them four-legged, uh, which is the ones that I personally know best, probably, in regards to European and American folk- folklore. Mm. Uh, and they have wings where like Chinese dragons typically don't have wings. They just fly, uh, based on their magic, their magic, magical abilities. Right. Uh, uh, American and European dragons actually have wings to fly. So it kind of gives you this bird-like or bat-like feel to it. Uh, but America is pretty much the big melting pot of it all. So we kind of get a little bit of everything, no matter what continent the story comes from, they kind of all uh, circulate the Americas. Well, one thing that I think it's this is the biggest difference between the East and the West. Uh, the West dragons are considered benevolent, uh, almost godlike creatures. Uh, mm-hmm. They lay dormant in the winter in the water, uh, rivers, uh, lakes, and then in the win- uh, spring and summer. Uh, months they go into the sky and it is believed that uh, the thunder and lightning is from battling opposing dragons uh, I can't remember for the life of me what the rain is considered which I- I'm not even sure if I want to know <laughs> but <laughs> because if it's, it's if it's from dragons it could be their spit it could be other bodily fluids that I don't even want to consider um, anyway <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's one of the biggest things too is uh eastern which is europe and the americas uh I, as far as i know we're not considered gods except for maybe uh the native americans uh might have considered dragons gods um but i don't really know a whole lot of native folklore about dragons in particular uh, I just know a lot of the Chinese and the uh, the European um, folklore, but yeah, uh, there's several different. Um, I don't know what you would call them classifications, I guess, because there mm-hmm. are you know the the Chinese dragons. When you get into medieval folklore, there's several t- types of. Uh, <sighs> I guess classifications, you, I guess you would call it, is because you got the dragons with, as you said, the four legs with the wings. Uh, I believe the wyvern, which is the ones without the four legs, just the two legs and wings. Uh, you've got the worm, which is kind of like the the western dragon where it's just... Serpent-like. Yeah, serpent-like. Um, and you also have... Uh, 
the chimera, which is from Greek lore, which has, well, depending on the lore that you find, sometimes it's got three heads, uh, lion, goat, and dragon head, uh, with that of a body of a, um, a, a lion, and then the tail is a snake. Uh, sometimes it's the head of a lion, the body of a goat, and the tail of a dragon, uh, or a snake, depending, again, on the lore. Um, so it kind of really varies for the chimera, but um, the wyvern, like I said, the worm and the, the regular dragon are the three classifications most known in medieval culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to say like how this lore got started. Nowhere does it point to anything specific as far as, like, obviously, when Christianity came around, there was the mention of of the dragon in the Bible. But prior to that, there mm-hmm. there's no uh, rhyme or reason as to where the European dragons came from. Like I said, the Chinese believe them to be gods. So mm-hmm. uh, you could s- see where they came from there, but um, I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like where where it originated? Well, I, if I had to guess, I didn't do any of the research to find out exactly where it originated. It, it is kind of difficult to come to to that conclusion. Uh, but if I had to guess, I would say it probably originated in the Asia area. Probably China, most likely. Uh, I think that would be the most logical sense. That's where it began. And then it moved east. And <clears throat> it just so happened that, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on other episodes uh, of the show in which it, this whole, uh, I guess, idea behind folklore, you know, legends and myths and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. playing telephone. So as the myth goes on to different people, it slightly changes over the course of, you know, months, years, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, you know, eventually by the time it got to Europe, there's a very good possibility that it changed so much that, yeah, we have these completely different looking creatures. They're evil, so on and so forth. Um, you know, one place in particular, if I'm not mistaken, is the Irish have... Uh, you know, their own legends about the dragon as well. Right. Um, <clears throat> and of course, there's a whole bunch of different myths regarding like what the dragons do because I know, you know, as you said, in China, they're considered gods. You know, in uh, ancient Europe, they're considered evil. But there's the ones that are considered uh, protectors of valuables, you right, know, right. Uh, and assets. They protect gold and all kinds of riches and stuff like that. So it really right. depends. But to answer your question, in a very long, stretched out manner, I think it's very possible uh, or probable that it started or originated in China and then just moved its way to the east. Well, the one thing that uh, you had mentioned was, like, King Arthur. I mean, his name was Arthur Pendragon. Uh, mm-hmm. In that era, the dragons were revered more so as... Um, I don't know if you would call them good, but the, in that day and age, you know, supposedly people had pet dragons, and a lot of people used them in their uh, family uh, crests, such mm-hmm. as Arthur's uh, lore. Because just like the dragons, folks, Arthur, King Arthur, has never been proven to ever been really an existing character in history. Uh, but uh, yeah. It, I, that's where a lot of it gets kind of uh, iffy is because there have been tales of good dragons, bad dragons, godlike dragons in China. Uh, one one thing that I did forget to bring up was uh, in the story of St. George, uh, this one... And this one might be a reference to some type of of demon or uh, satanic uh, thing that was going on because he slayed the dragon and the dragon was uh, demanding human sacrifice mm-hmm. once a year, a virgin maiden every year. And it finally came down to George's daughter and he vowed to kill this dragon and end up killing the dragon. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure... Like uh, 
where that story actually goes as far as what the dragon was. Was it a what we know today as a dragon? Was it something more demonic or the you know Satan himself playing a role here? Uh, mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> that's you know that's when we start getting into the the Christianity side of it because. St. George, you know, even though it's saints aren't in the Bible, you know, we're not supposed to worship saints or ask for their help or anything like that. Uh, but um, I'm not sure where, you know, where that particular lore came from other than it was a dragon. So, right. um, you know, and as Eric said, too, there is lore of these creatures breathing fire, breathing ice, you know, multiple elements again if we were to think of a dragon nowadays uh as far as chemically the only thing that they would probably be able to breathe is fire but then again i don't know of any creature that breathes fire so (laughs) i'm not there no i mean i'm trying to think as if there really is something but you never know um not necessarily breathe fire, but when you look at the type of animals that do exist, you can kind of get an idea as to how these dragons have formed. Mm. Um, when you look at the horned lizard, for example, um, it shoots blood out of its eye. Oh, okay. You know, as a defense mechanism. Then you also have uh, snakes, for example, and rather large snakes, especially uh, when, when you think of uh, anacondas, for example, or boas. You know, they're, they're huge, and so one can kind of mis- not mistake, but alter the details a little bit about these creatures. And the one thing I was thinking about, actually, just as we were talking, or you were talking, was how did not necessarily how, where did it originate, but how did did it come to be? How did these stories come up? Because as you and I have discussed. I think, we think, that a lot of these legends come from some sort of truth somewhere down the line. Right. There's something truthful yeah. about it somewhere. And the only thing I could think of is maybe, and this is, you know, bear with me, maybe there was a a tornado or a water spout, and it picked up a snake, and a snake fell from the sky. Boom. Dragons fly. You know? Yeah. It was a god. It was a god falling after it got killed during a thunderstorm. Yeah. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but going back to the whole fire thing, it, obviously, as far as I know, there's no creature that spews fire from its mouth. But there are creatures such as snakes or Komodo dragons that use a venom or a very toxic saliva to help kill its victims, which can almost be similar to that of fire, especially with some of these venoms burning really badly and the type of death that people uh, receive from it. So, I mean, there's the possibility as to why we come up with fire. Yeah, that could. Then again, then again, you know, dragons are considered to be, um, I guess they've been they've been around since creation, basically. You know, and in some legends, I'm sure they're even considered creators themselves of the universe. Um, but with saying that, a lot of the elements that we have on our Earth are considered originators rock water fire wind uh and so you start seeing a lot of these associated with the dragons you see earth dragons you see fire breathing dragons you see dragons that live in the water and we see dragons that live in the sky uh and of course that goes along with the whole uh western uh culture as well in which elements really play a huge role into their belief systems you know right so it would only make sense that these views of the dragon would in, uh, not indicate, but would include them breathing fire or something like that. Right. Well, one thing that uh, has crossed my, ni- my mind numerous times, and I didn't see anything in any research that I've ever done that would validate this, but one thing that is always, I've always thought of was uh, think of early, I shouldn't say early man, but uh, earlier civilizations coming across dinosaur fossils. Not being able to explain what this thing is that they're seeing. Um, their mind starting to form a 
scenario, if you will, because they're scared, as you and I have said numerous times, fear plays a huge factor. So they come back mm-hmm. and tell this tale and just give this thing a name and call it a dragon. So their explanation of what they saw and what they, you know, supposedly fought because they're, they're afraid of whatever it is they've found. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the, the dragon is first brought up. Um, I mean, there's been uh, a couple of cases that I found where they found a dinosaur fossil or a huge bear, uh, Bone and called it a dragon uh, bone or skull. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there have even been cases nowadays where people have made these little baby dragons in jars about this big out of whatever. And, uh, I mean, it it can be faked, too. Right. So, um, not really sure... Like that's that's the best explanation I can come up with since we have not found bones, even though these creatures are supposedly supposed to be immortal or very long lived, um, that where you know these these things have come from. All right, folks. So we have uh, kind of figured out you know where the origin of the dragon comes from. So uh, we're gonna go to our quick break here. Um, and when we come back, I think we'll touch base on the dragon in the Bible. It, it's described a couple of times. Uh, but first, here's Eric's random fact of the day. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Have you ever wondered why the look of a scar never changes? According to FactSlides.com, scars continue to look the same year after year. Because while skin cells are replaced periodically, the underlying collagen is not. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. It's the day that ends in Y, so it's time to listen to Wise Crackin' with Winter. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Winter, Minnesota's number one self-acclaimed comedy podcast. I have on a variety of guests, paranormal investigators, lawyers, political pundits, softcore porn writers and producers, my dad, stand-up comedians, and did I mention my dad? Give me a listen on iTunes, Google Play, or my website, getwisecracking.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and you stay classy out there. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. I'm Eric. And uh, we've kind of given base as to where we think the dragon lore kind of came from. Um, but, uh, Eric, I did want to hand it over to you to tell us a little bit about where the Bible shows up, or where the dragon shows up in the Bible. The dragon shows up numerous times throughout Scripture. Sometimes the dragon uh, is considered a creature of some sort. Other times, and more often, it's considered Satan uh, or references Satan in some way. But the one thing I want to mention real quick before we get into uh, a couple, just a couple of the uh, mentions of a dragons in the scripture is the origin of the word dragon, which is really interesting because the word dragon comes from the original Greek word, dracon, uh, which means serpent. But then later, 
in Old French and uh, to Middle English became known as dragon. And so the word serpent, though, is really interesting to me because, as we know, serpents are typically known as snakes nowadays. <clears throat> That's usually what we consider them. And so right off the bat, in the very first book of the Holy Bible, uh, Genesis chapter 3, we learn about a serpent that comes up that to Eve and tries to tempt her into taking a fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, mm. in which God strictly told her and Adam, do not eat from. Uh, they couldn't eat from that, and they couldn't eat from the tree of life. And if they did, he told them that they would surely die. Now, back in Genesis, uh, the serpent was very crafty, and he told Eve that she surely wouldn't die from eating the fruit. And she believed him. So she took the fruit, she ate it, and then she gave it to Adam, and he ate it. And sure enough, they suddenly had knowledge of both good and evil, but God became very angry with them, and they were cursed to die. Um, and it's really interesting here because a lot of people think that the dragon straight up lied, or the serpent, which is Satan, by the way, straight up lied to Eve and said, you're not going to die. But in reality, he just twisted words. Which is really interesting because I think a lot of people don't realize that, yes, Satan lies, but most of the time he tells the truth just in a very subtle and uh, reversed way, you know, than what most people would would uh, understand. Right. And, uh, you know, in that story, you know, we're led to understand and believe that the serpent or snake had legs in that, which mm-hmm. in a sense would be a, a dragon, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, right. And it's it's funny that it had legs because God says now you are cursed to slither on your belly for eternity. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that that reference it could it could be a dragon and then a it loses its legs, which would be the yeah. equivalent of a worm, which was as we talked about earlier a dragon uh, classification. So right. And that, right there, you're referencing Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 14, in which God does say, Cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust for the rest of your life. Um, But what's really interesting about this entire thing, now that you brought that up, is that just this past summer, scientists, and I believe I saw this on National Geographic or something like that, scientists found a skeleton of a snake with legs. Which is really interesting because for the longest time, scientists claimed that snakes never had legs and couldn't have had legs. It just didn't make sense. But all of a sudden, you know, here we have this fact. It's a, we have a full evidence of a snake that has four legs. It is a very old uh, fossil. And of course, scientists, now mind you, a lot of creationists or Christians believe that evolution doesn't exist. Not full-blown evolution such as uh, Darwin talks about. Like we're we, monkeys. Right, right. We were never mo- Humans were never monkeys. Some people, maybe. They're just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> but seriously though, you know, people were never animals, even though considering we are considered creatures of some sort. But um, we were never monkeys. There was no evolution. And you can look through all the evidence you want. You'll never find... Um, uh, like a skeleton in between the evolution process, you know, that's half monkey, half human. It just doesn't exist. Right. There's monkeys, as gorillas, I see, As I've humans. seen numerous people say on Facebook, if evolution was real, why do we still have monkeys? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so it's interesting because, like, when I saw this, that the snake had legs in the past, suddenly it just solidified my belief in the scriptures and my belief in God because God mentioned it at the very beginning of the scripture in chapter 3. He tells a snake he's losing his legs. But scientists come through real quick and of course they're going to throw that that right out. Like, oh no, 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 no. This creationist stuff is just crap. In reality, it's evolution. And somewhere down the line, the snake realized it no longer needed the legs and it just became started to crawl on his belly. But of course, and I think anyone out there who you know, agree, disagree, agree to disagree, whatever. But it doesn't make any logical sense that any creature would just decide to lose its legs or evolve. I mean, it's not called evolution. You're losing a lot of <laughs> that really would help you. Uh, it, you know, narrowly being on your legs would protect the belly 
Well, it would allow them to hold things, et cetera, et cetera. Look at lizards when they lose, not necessarily limbs, but if they lose their tail, it starts to grow back. They're, if they lose a limb, it grows back, but the claw and stuff doesn't usually grow back. So right. you would think if it lost its limb and evolution were true, don't you think the lizard would be like, oh, look, I don't need my limbs. I don't need to grow them yeah. back. I mean, it just doesn't make sense because based on evolution, from what I've seen, based on Darwin's, you know, beliefs and experiments and what, whatever, you know, his theory, we should basically be evolving to become better, stronger, adapting. Snakes, on the other hand, if they had legs once, went in the reverse way, you know, right. they went a back step. But in reality, you would think, hey, if that's true, well, then the snake had no legs, now has legs, then decided it's going to become you know, a Komodo dragon, then a crocodile, then a saltwater crocodile, et cetera, et cetera, getting bigger, 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 stronger, yeah. stronger, so on and so forth. It just doesn't happen. It's it's not there, you know? And, of course, there's this argument, well, the snake is a completely different creature. No, you can't have that argument there. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, so here, I think it's very um, straightforward that snakes once had legs and God basically cut them off, in a sense, because of the evil that Satan had done. Now, Getting back into the scripture about dragons, that was the very first time that the serpent came up and can be considered a dragon in a sense. However, one of the, in my opinion, one of the most, uh, I guess, informational views of the dragon comes in the book of Job, chapter 41. Now, at this point in chapter 41, Job had gone through a lot between chapter 1 and 41. Uh, He's lost pretty much all of his family. He's lost livestock. He's lost uh, a lot of his sanity at this point, probably. He's been cursed with all kinds of boils and pain and illness and whatnot. And he decides, finally, to look up to God and argue with him as to why this was happening. And, of course, if I've learned anything over the past week of my studies, you can't argue with God. You know, God knows everything. You you just cannot argue with God, period. But in the argument, God eventually brings up the story, if you will, of the Leviathan. He mentions Leviathan. And Leviathan is probably one of the most common names out there for a an ancient dragon, um, which people, I think, could easily reference. I'm going to go ahead and just read it real quick. It's pretty short. And this is God talking. He says... To Job, I will not fail to speak of Leviathan's limbs, its strength, and its graceful form. Who can strip off its outer coat? Who can penetrate its double coat of armor? Who dares open the doors of its mouth, ringed about with fearsome teeth? Its back has rows of shields, tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. They are joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. Its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks shoot fire. Sorry, sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. That right there is very typical description, more or less, of a dragon. Right? I mean, it sounds like a dragon. The one thing that's interesting as well, because we've talked about, you know, water dragons, sky dragons, land dragons, so on and so forth. Mm. The one thing that's interesting about this passage, which I didn't read, but it actually comes a little bit before this. This passage, by the way, about the Leviathan is very descriptive and it's very long in in the book of Job. Um, So it's really interesting if you ever want to check it out. But it talks about this Leviathan being in the water. It lives in the sea. And that's very interesting to me because here this creature lives in the sea, but it breathes fire. And these are two elements that just don't mix. You know, you you simply cannot do it without another uh, element added in, such as oil or something like that. Right. Right. Or some kind of benefactor. But what this shows us is just how powerful and creative God is. He's so creative and so powerful that he's able to take two elements that logically cannot mix but yet become logical and suddenly are capable of mixing and not interfering with the one or the other. The properties stay the same. Fire and water 
live together in this sense. It's really cool to me just to show uh, or learn the power of God through this and what he can do. Now, whether or not this Leviathan is a literal creature that God was talking about, I don't know. You know, maybe it was just a figurative, you know, story that God told. Maybe something that was passed down through the Israelites back then and through the Jews. Now, I don't know. I like to think and truly believe that it was one time a real creature that existed in the seas. Why do we no longer see them? I can't tell you. I don't know. But uh, it's definitely very interesting. And by far, probably the most descriptive um, story about dragons within the scripture. However, dragons are also talked about in the book of Revelation. And this is when we start getting into the aspect, and we've been in this aspect a little beforehand as well throughout the scriptures, uh, different books of the Bible, but the book of Revelation is really uh, descriptive here in which Satan is represented by a dragon. Um, in Revelation chapter 12, it's titled The Woman and the Dragon. The dragon is... Uh, appears as a sign in heaven. And so just that on its on its own, you kind of question, well, obviously this isn't a real dragon, but it's just a representation, because otherwise it wouldn't say that another sign appeared in heaven. But it says, then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. This is really interesting because these are, just this passage alone, the entire chapter 12 is pretty much a, uh, seems to be a, be a fourth knowledge because that, what I just read, is actually a pretty good description of what happened uh, with the birth of Christ. There was a virgin woman who was about to give birth to a son. And it just so happened that when Mary was about to give birth to Jesus, uh, King Herod had his men go out and slaughter all of the babies born, all the male babies born within those first two years. Well, it just so happens that uh, Mary and Joseph moved away, had Jesus and then came back and so Jesus got away from the killing there uh, but that's where it says you know the dragon stood in front of the woman about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment it was born the word devour there I think personally is a representation of when you know the uh, armies went out to just kill all the firstborn male or the male born males yeah <laughs> male children born uh, in hopes of getting rid of Jesus but that in itself is strictly um, a representation of Satan. Because in verse 9, it says, The great dragon was hurled down from heaven, uh, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Right there is when we learn that the serpent back in Genesis 1 was Satan. So that's one interesting revelation of a dragon there. The next one is the beast out of the sea, which can go along with the whole chimera type thing. Or chimera? Chimera, I believe is how it's pronounced. Yeah. yeah. So the whole chimera thing. And in and so in Revelation chapter 13, it says the dragon stood on the shore of the sea, that's Satan, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on its horns and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Obviously, there's another interesting, you know, description of a dragon of some sort. The final one that I'm just going to talk about is the beast of the earth. Again, this is another type of dragon. Uh, it says... And you'll, you'll see why in a moment. But it says, Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. And it exercised all authority of the first beef on its be- first beast on its behalf. Now this one obviously doesn't go into nearly as much explanation or description of what it looks like. It just simply says it has two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. What does that mean? 
basically this is the false prophet and the false prophet looks harmless hence looks like a lamb has two horns like a lamb but speaks like a dragon extremely powerful able to turn people you know and stop them and so on and so forth so it's really interesting that these three descriptions uh, of these three very evil beings happen to be represented by a dragon. And of course, a lot of this isn't literal. It doesn't mean that they are dragons, but they're um, parables, if you will, of what they really are. You know, and some of this could be represented as countries. You know, some people believe that. Um, the fact that the second beast resembled a leopard, but had feet of those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion is actually a representation of three different countries or three different nations. And, and of course, that there's a whole lot more theology there that I'm not going to get into because this is about dragons today. But that right there, just everything I've talked about within the mentionings of dragons within the Bible are very broad and vast in that it goes everywhere from a little snake which could be could have been and most likely was Satan to a literal creature known as Leviathan to all of a sudden this representation of Satan and the other two beasts uh, of Revelation which happened to be represented by dragons and so dragon is used quite a bit throughout the scriptures it's very interesting so do you think in in lore um, that we're not talking about a literal literal creature here that maybe uh, Satan or demons trying to portray themselves as as a dragon were coming up in different cultures to try and persuade them like we know a lot of uh, belief is like Greek culture that was uh, demons and Satan trying to portray themselves as gods. Do you think that that's <laughs> what was going on, or do you think the dragon is a literal creature? Let's see. All right. Now, often, I now I guess on occasion, I'm kind of stuck in between. Oftentimes, it's either one or the other for me. In this case, I'm kind of stuck in between because I really don't know there's no evidence supporting that it was indeed a literal creature, but there's also no significant evidence pointing towards a fact that it was demons portraying these. Now, I know through different uh, occultic-type writings, demons have appeared as dragon-like creatures or serpents or a number of different animals, if you will. Um, so there's nothing saying that it couldn't have been demons influencing these people. But I, I think, I think it, it's kind of half and half. You know, I think people designed the dragon based on actual creatures that exist today, right now. Snakes, uh, the Komodo dragon, a number of different lizards, crocodiles, whales, for example. Mm -hmm. I read an article that said that, you know, maybe the ancient people found whale bones on the, on the shore. And it was so large, and whales back then were so mysterious because they lived deep in the sea that maybe it was dragons, you know? They don't. They didn't know that it came from the sea necessarily. They didn't know where it came from. Um, but I think it's very possible that these people already had this image in place and then uh, demons came in and started to flip it and use it. Hence the reason um, perhaps some cultures worship the dragon and consider it a god. Because God is not considered a dragon. Jesus is not considered a dragon, only Satan is. So it's very possible, and of course we know that Satan is going to do everything in his power to lure us away, or lure us away from God. And if that's worshipping this mighty creature, uh, serpent, which, weird coincidence here, then that's what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Worship this dragon being instead of God. Well, I, I would, just because I, I love dragons, I would wish that they were real creatures, but you know we we haven't seen anything that would point to that they are that it was just people trying to explain something that they found. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that uh, I had actually come across before I, um, I had decided to have us do this topic was we had talked about dragons with Linda Godfrey mm-hmm. and how these people had claimed that they had seen these winged 
lizard creatures um, and had talked about how they were possibly interdimensional creatures, which a lot of people believe, you know, that it's all demons because they're coming through our plane of existence and right. just forming whatever form they want. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, a lot of creatures that we have talked about could possibly be interdimensional type creatures that are just coming through through the veil. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of up in the air on it. I don't really know what what they were or what they are. Um, right. But uh, that's that's the best we can or we can all come up with. Really, there's no evidence pointing to dragons are real. So, right. Um, I mean, of course, there's no evidence pointing to say the Loch Ness monster is real. But I still believe that the Loch Ness monster is real, just because of creatures like. Leviathan that show up in the Bible and, mm-hmm. and other lore. So I think it's a possibility, but um, at the same time, it's a possibility that it was just people trying to describe what, what they were finding or what they were seeing. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. We are about to take our second break. Of course, we are talking about dragons, and it's an awesome discussion about <laughs> dragons. It's Justin, one of Justin's favorite topics. Just as now, I know he loves werewolves, but werewolves is really kind of my thing, where right. dragons is really his thing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, we do have a separation. <laughs> it's weird. Don't tell anybody that. Well, don't tell him that I told you this. But usually, from in the past, I don't know what it is like I'm now. Right, I'm sure right it's here. worse. I'm right here. But you know, did you guys hear something? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I thought I wasn't sure. I think it was my cat. Um, his room has a crap load of dragons in it. A bunch of statues, pictures, all kinds of ridiculous things. He has t-shirts with dragons on it. Yeah. This dude's clinically insane. We don't even know if they exist, and he wears t-shirts. I, mean, it's, it's I kind also of have a tattoo anyway. of a dragon. Uh, look, there's a tattoo. You know what? That's all right. We're still brothers. <laughs> dragons. Uh <laughs> And anyway. there's the difference too. You have the Chinese, and I have exactly. the medieval. <laughs> the medieval. What do you know? <laughs> um, anyhow, oh, by the way, for any of you who uh, aren't watching the YouTube channel, we just both showed our tattoos of dragons that we have. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't understand what was going on there, yeah. Anyway, you know, like I said, ten minutes ago, we're going to break. <laughs> So, so we will be back real soon to discuss a little bit more about the dragons. But before we do that, we need to take just a personal stop on the side of the road so we can listen to Justin's Paranormal Headlines. We'll be right back. And now, Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, para-fans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And this headline is from usadailypolitics.com. Snowden claims Osama bin Laden is still alive. Former CIA employee Edward Snowden has said that he has evidence showing that Osama bin Laden, who was supposedly killed in Pakistan in 2011 by U.S. Special Forces, is still alive and well. In an interview with the Moscow Tribune, Snowden said Osama was living in the Bahamas on the payroll of the CIA. He told the newspaper, I have documents showing that bin Laden is still on the CIA's payroll. He is still receiving more than $100,000 a month, which is being transferred through some front businesses and organizations directly to his Nassau bank account. I am not certain where he is now, but in 2013 he was living quietly in his villa with five of his wives and many children. Snowden, who now lives as a fugitive in Russia, fled the U.S. after leaking documents about the NSA's mass surveillance programs to the media in 2013. The report also said that Snowden previously, too, made some unreported allegations about Osama bin Laden. Snowden goes on to say that the CIA orchestrated the fake death of the former leader of the Al-Qaeda. He claims that Osama was transported with his family to an undisclosed location in the Bahamas. The report further quotes him as follows. 
Osama bin Laden was one of the CIA's most efficient operatives for a long time. What kind of message would it send their other operatives if they were to let the SEALs kill him? They organized his fake death with the collaboration of the Pakistani secret services, and he simply abandoned his cover. Since everyone believes he is dead, nobody's looking for him, so it was pretty easy to disappear. Without the beard and the military jacket, nobody recognizes him. Not only this, Snowden categorically states that he will talk about the documents which prove bin Laden is alive in his soon-to-be-released book. However, Snowden's claims have not been substantiated or confirmed by any other source. The U.S. government has filed espionage charges against Snowden for revealing classified NSA documents to, to journalists. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. Hope you're having a wonderful time this evening, as we always do. You know, this has been a fun conversation. Not to say that not every episode is fun, because yeah. they're all fun. Um, but this one is particular, particularly fun. Dragons is something we haven't really covered, but a little bit. Uh, as you had said with uh, Godfrey, which is a really, you know, interesting topic there in of itself yeah. uh, with her book. But the one thing I did want to bring up before we, you know, take it out to the end of the show here is just how dragons seem to show up nowadays in the multimedia mm-hmm. uh, and in our culture. You know, other than the Chinese, I mean, here in America, we don't really see dragons as these uh evil creatures that currently live or you know godlike creatures that currently exist and we don't see that in europe uh, i know it's shown like that in china here and there depending on you know who you are and uh what kind of uh beliefs you follow right but the one thing that i notice most is how the dragons tend to show up not only in books but mostly in television and video games these days yeah uh merlin is a very it was a very big show in which a dragon played a significant role. Uh, not as big of a role as most of their stars, but the dragon is personally my favorite of the entire show. Um, and he was kind of considered that evil slash good. He kind of lived on the border. Oh. Uh, you know? Um, but we also see him in a number of different books. Probably one of the most famous books of all time would be uh, the Harry Potter stories. Aragon you know? as well. Arag- there you go. Aragon. Uh, the dragon showed up, and I haven't seen it, but um, Hobbit. Uh, oh, the was yeah. a smog one? Something a smog? Yeah. Um, smog yeah, is, you know? is a dragon. Yeah. The smog is a dragon. Okay. So <clears throat> dragons show up a lot, and, and especially in books. In fact, Justin's book, which he is currently editing, in a way depicts that of a dragon based on not, not that it is, but based on the whole chimera idea of what a dragon is, yeah. you know. So, so chimera takes. This is interesting about chimeras. You had mentioned that the dra- there are dragons called chimeras, but in reality, a chimera can be a number of different things. It doesn't have to be a dragon. It could be, you know, on Teen Wolf, for example, on MTV, a chimera is known as a gigantic werewolf. But it's also known as a mixed breed of lizard of some sort, where it's like. Uh, I think it's like a lizard plus a werewolf plus something else that creates this weird creature. Um, the griffin in Justin's story, and we're not going to get into too much of that now because we are going to have an episode simply, simply, simply based on his book, but uh, his book does tell of about uh, a griffin, which can be considered a chimera. Uh, and one can consider it even a dragon, especially when you look at some of the photos of dragons uh, yeah. in ancient, or not ancient, but in like medieval times. Some of them are depicted as having feathers and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> really interesting stuff. You know, the dragon 
it's definitely a fun topic to talk about. Uh, Obviously, as far as I know, they don't exist. Never did. Don't know. Doesn't mean they didn't. Uh, But I think if they did exist today and they were anything like our modern movies uh, and television tell us, they'd be a pretty scary thing to have them around. You know? Uh, Well, the one movie uh, that actually kind of depicted... Uh, dragons being around in modern times was Reign of Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had Matthew McConaughey in it, and, you know, they were taking down yep. helicopters and everything else. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I could just imagine dragons being around today if they truly existed. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, folks. With that said, this does lead us to the end of the show. Uh, dragons, very interesting topic. Looking forward to next week, though. I'm all, it's always good to look forward, especially when you get to the end of the show, because it's sad, yeah. as I say every week for the past three <laughs> weeks now. <laughs> well, but, it's the best part of my week, so I'm, I'm sure it's the best part of yours. <laughs> it's just a, um, uh, a escape, if you will. <laughs> yeah. With that said, though, since we are here on the end of the show, Justin, can you tell us what's coming up next week? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about uh, the 11-11 Enigma. Uh, it's been touched on on a couple shows. We're going to have our friends Scott and Heidi from Talk Supernatural. They have actually had a, an 11-11 event happen in their lives numerous times. So that's why I wanted to decide to bring them on, because they do have a little bit of knowledge of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, I did want to say thank you to our friends at paranormalforum.net for featuring our show on Tuesday. Um, and uh, looking forward to continuing to have them feature our shows on there as well. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other news or announcements. Oh, if you didn't catch uh, Tiger Girl for God on Wednesday, make sure you check out that she is a part of the pair truth radio network so uh that's i think that's all the announcements i've got do you have anything that you need to add nope pretty much set all right so folks thank you once again for always listening to paratruth radio uh as always if you guys have any questions uh ideas for new guests ideas for a show that you want to start a podcasting show uh i encourage you guys to get a hold of us paratruthradio at gmail.com and um just pitch us your ideas if you do have a show idea um one thing that i had talked to uh bob bain from the far side on paranormal uh the paranormal uh forum.net was that uh it's kind of amazing how quickly podcasting has become such a huge thing he started Mm -hmm. in 2014 uh hadn't heard of it prior to that in 2009 you and i had never heard of of the term podcast we were just like we should start an online radio show well what is that it's a podcast so uh and it actually started in 2004 so really interesting how it all comes really quickly and you know nowadays podcasting has become the as somebody had uh kind of said it the blog of of 2000 yeah. uh so it's, it's interesting stuff. because you know i graduated in 2004 so one can say that i sparked <laughs> <laughs> the, the podcast <laughs> the podcast thing um I was going to use a different word, but couldn't remember it when I said, you know, <laughs> I forgot it because <laughs> I thought of the word that you, you know, um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, folks keep tuning in every week, uh, 8 PM Eastern standard time Sundays until next time where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin and I'm Eric. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. 
And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.